Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Normie Frenia. Uh, this week, it's just going to be me. This is a no JT week, which uh, is kind of rare. Um, but in lieu of JT, I have a uh, guest that I'm very excited about, an Instagram account I have followed for, I think it feels like a very long time. Um, Hauntology fan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let me light up this joint and let's get started. <laughs> this is a weed podcast now. I haven't smoked weed in years, and I'm probably thousands of miles away, but I'm going to take a, a hit of this doobie. Um, anyway. I almost lit my hair on fire. <laughs> uh, anyways, before we start uh, our episode, which will be about film, uh, th- I think this is the last episode that we're doing it for, unless he buys more, but um, the Odesian Supply Company with the, the FEMA blankets, surely stolen from Slovenian people or something, and an MRE, which I ate a while ago, but it was a vegetarian because I'm vegetarian for Lent or pescatarian for Lent. Uh, so thank you, Vegas, for sending that and go buy his stuff. We, I feel like we've been talking about him for like two months straight now. If you haven't bought anything, you're a cretin and I hate you. But use code word Normifrenia, 10% off your order. And also... JT told me I had to say, go look at the Patreon, and thank you, Adam, for buying the most expensive tier of the Patreon, just because you got that restaurant money. Um, anyways, Hauntology fan, movies, what is, let me start with one question, what is the last movie that you saw in a movie theater? John Wick Chapter 4. That's actually, I, I saw the same thing, I saw it yesterday. It was, it was a beautiful experience. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, those movies are just fun. No, yeah, visually they're amazing. I I love the action. I um when I was sitting in the theater, I remember thinking to myself, this is a perfect example of choreography as art. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't really tell my friends about that because I didn't want to sound too pretentious afterwards. But that's what I had in mind. Doing film bro at the John Wick Chapter Four. Yeah, I try not to do that. I do, do the actors do their own stunts in that movie. Like it looks like, part, yeah. and I really For think that's part. what allows them to do anything fun and cool is that Keanu Reeves isn't afraid to like, just get a bruise. Yeah. Same with someone like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise does a lot of his own stunts too. He does all of his own stunts. Really? Cause see, like yeah, I've never seen impossible top gun. Yeah. Oh, I, f- I figured you did him for top gun, but I guess I didn't think about how many stunts there might be in that movie. Um, uh, but also like lately over the past, probably four months, I think, I finally got into like Brian De Palma, and but okay. and he did like the original Mission Impossible, I think maybe the first two, and I still haven't seen them. Interesting. Uh, I probably should that and like uh, what's it called? Carrie was him. I think the most recent Brian De Palma movie I watched was Phantom of the Paradise, which was like not what I expected from Brian De Palma, but that movie was awesome. I think I do have to admit I haven't. I don't believe I've watched any of his work. Um, really. Yeah, because I, I know I want. Are you talking about the modern iteration of Carrie, the 2013 version? No, I think Brian De Palma made the original because it was like his fourth movie. Oh, that was directed by De Palma. I didn't know that. I, I'm almost certain. Let me let me fact check myself. Let me let me be an independent fact checker. Yeah, in 1976, Brian De Palma directed the original Carrie. Now, see, that was something I forgot about because Carrie's in my watch list. He also made like the like the predecessor to Taxi Driver, and I think it's better than Taxi Driver. It's like seven years before he made high, a movie called High Mom, 
and it was it's like it's like if Taxi Driver was a comedy, and it still stars Robert De Niro, mostly because like uh, Brian De Palma is the one who introduced De Niro and Scorsese, and I think we all kind of know how that went after that. Yeah, but I do find it funny though that you mentioned all that and you did not say that he was the one who directed Scarface, his most famous work. Yeah, it is his most famous work, but honestly, it's probably also my least favorite that I've seen so far. Believe now it or that's not. interesting because I have not watched Scarface in a very long time, but. Uh, yeah, I watched it when I was like probably 16 around the same time as I watched The Godfather. I actually have such a sad story about my like the one and only time I've seen The Godfather. I was 16, so obviously like, I was still living at home. And um, I was like, I want to watch a movie today. And it was just the middle of the day on my day off from school. And um, my like family comes in and they're like, hey, we're all taking a nap. Meet the TV. So just right after starting the godfather i was like already invested enough to not turn it off and before i was really like pretentious about watching movies i just muted and turned subtitles on for the godfather and so i watched it in complete silence it was in in retrospect that was like one of the worst things i could ever do in my life and i have yeah, so that's the way francis Coppola wanted you to watch it he wanted me to. He wanted me to watch. Have, it have you considered subject. that he might have wanted because the film is so usually captivating, and you're able to understand the story without having to hear any of the dialogue? It's perfect. Uh, yeah, I uh, maybe I haven't gotten to ask him, but it's quite possible that now he's that, he's aging. You might want to ask him before he dies. I think yeah, maybe Coppola really did want me to watch it in complete total silence. Who did the soundtrack yes. for that movie? For The Godfather, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to look that up, too. I love Googling things in the middle of recording. Is that is that your main podcasting hobby? You're the Googler? No, I'm kind of like the one who talks the most. Actually, JT's been talking a lot more recently um, than usual, but um, I don't know why I just Googled Francis Ford Coppola as if that would tell me anything. I guess when I had, like, a computer, like, I have, when I had three monitors, like, I had two monitors connected to a laptop. It was hilarious. But um, I would have, like, one monitor turned uh, up vertically, and it would always be on a Wikipedia tab, and half the time it was just, like, some random airplane. See, that's, that's the way like you want it. father's composer. That's what I, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted, and it I worked mean, so well. You see, I've never been a PC cell like so many other people. I've always stuck with a laptop. I've never had a three-monitor setup. But I respect the people who do. Um, there's a certain level of autism that comes with that. And, you know, as a, as an autistic, I have to stand by them. Yes, that's right. As, as a fellow autistic, I have to stand by you standing by me. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, there was a man named Giovanni Rota Rinaldi, who also did scores for Federico Fellini movies. He sounds like the type of guy that would do a soundtrack for films with those names. <laughs> I've only seen one Federico Fellini movie. Uh, but I really, really liked it. I feel like it was probably the maybe, you know, I want to say it was the most appropriate one to start with, but I have literally nothing to compare it to. I watched his 1963 movie, Eight and a Half, which is about a director who suffers from like stifled creativity. Just like me. And also he just loves cheating on his wife, which I feel like is if you're Italian. I, I don't do that. I don't like cheating on my wife or my hypothetical partner because I don't have a partner. Um. Well, are you Italian? Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. And you're not committing adultery? I'm not committing adultery. I love I'm my partners. Your theoretical partner? My theoretical par partners. Three people. 
Oh. I love them all. I love them all equally, really. That's right, like Kendrick was talking about. Um, just like Kendrick was talking about, wifey, girlfriend, and mistress. Um, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was very Italian, uh, guy cheating on his wife and trying to make a movie and smoking cigarettes, um, which could also be maybe kind of French, but, uh, it was very good. Apparently he also has a movie about like a boy living in fascist Italy, which is also an interesting angle that I would like to watch someday. I'm watching you mute your mic, and I'm ass- I'm only assuming it's because you're making the loudest weed smoking noises of your entire life. No, so I'm currently somewhat high. I'm not at a level where I'm g- I'm getting scared, but it's very warm in my room. So I'm going over to turn on and off my AC, and I'm trying to determine if the l- noise is loud enough to where it affects the audio. Oh, uh, here, turn it on real quick, and we'll see. We it's on. Be a bit. If you can't hear it, it's me. And it's good. Oh yeah, you're fine. You're good. Okay. What what n- country makes the best movies you and you only can only pick one and it, it spans all of time of all who is the greatest filmmaking country of all time? oh it, okay it spans all of time yep greatest filmmaking country of all time well i mean i mean the the issue is that most of the films i've watched are american um i i think when i look at foreign countries in terms of absolute quality I've enjoyed much of what's come out of Japan. I think that might be a big cliche in the film bro community to be really up in arms about how good Japan is as a filmmaking industry. But I mean, they are good at it. That's, I, that's I what I mean. Me. At least in my experience with watching Japanese films, it seems like I enjoyed them much more than I do with watching every American film, if you can understand that. So yeah. now, of course, I'm watching much less Japanese cinema than I am American most of the time. But when I do watch Japanese films, they're always on a certain quality that I'm not always getting with American. Yeah. I'm glad that like their Kino is what floats across to us. So I don't have to sift through like a sea of like garbage Japanese movies. And see, that's what I mean. Living in America, it's not like that. I'm exposed to everything. So I have to sift through a lot of shit, but yeah. Uh, In terms of a lot of shit, what would you say is like your least favorite movie? Do you have, like, a movie that you despise, like, actually hate? Actually hate? Like, you couldn't even um, hate watch it because it's just that bad. I know my answer, which is part well, of what... I need to check my letterbox, because here's the thing. I've always considered myself more of a film optimist, where I try to find the good in everything I watch. Oh, yeah. I am, too. So, there's not a lot of films that I come away saying to myself, I will never watch this, or I cannot watch it ever again. I think... I have, I have one movie like that. And I mean, you you say it first so I can get a basic idea of what we mean. So the movie that I hate the most in the entire world, I cannot stand this movie, is the movie Moonstruck, starring Cher and Nicolas Cage. Moonstruck? Th- for a second, I thought you meant Moonfall, the Roland Emmerich one. No. 1987? Uh, Moonstruck? Yeah. Yes. Fucking, this yeah, is- Nick Cage and Cher, and Nick Cage... I think Nick Cage is, like, quite literally Italian. Like, he is a Coppola. Mm-hmm. But something about him just does not translate to Italian. That's uh, interesting. He plays, like, the worst Italian ever. His, yeah, his, his real name is fucking Nicholas Kim Coppola. And he cannot manage to play a convincing Italian. See, and that's why I don't see him in a lot of films where he has to play an Italian. He just has to be himself. Yeah. Which is why I love, like, uh, probably two months ago... My roommate and I wa- went on a, a Nick Cage 
trilogy, actually. We sat and watched three Nick Cage movies in a row. We watched Wild at Heart. Okay. We watched Raising Arizona. And we watched Lord of War. Okay. And they were all, I thought they were good. Have you ever seen Mandy? I have not. You need to watch Mandy. That will stay, in my opinion, as the greatest Nick Cage film to ever have been made. Really? Yes. Um, I remember I watched the first half of it while high on mushrooms. And then okay. I watched the second half of it somewhat drunk. And both of these uh, situations where I was inebriated fit perfectly with both halves. Because huh. the film separated really in half. The first half of it is very calm. It's more rooted in psychedelic visuals. Then the second half is just Nick Cage killing things very violently. So, you know, perfect. That is, that does sound fun. Do I need to split it in half like that, you think? Yes, because I found it to be amazing. Okay. The last time I watched a movie, like, front to back on Mushrooms was when I went to go see um, the 2021 Dune on IMAX. And oh that was that was wild. I had an awesome time doing that. I know a lot of people who went to go see that iteration of Dune while completely hot, and I, I envy them. If you get the opportunity, I would. Um, going back to Nick Cage, um, my friend, for his 18th birthday a couple years ago, what he did was he... His, like, family rented out this, like, small, like, artsy movie theater in our city. Mm-hmm. And we watched the, the the Nick Cage Wicker Man. And then just that... invited, like, we invited, like, 20 of our friends. And we were all just in there. And, like, it was, it was, like, everyone we knew from, like, all, all walks of our lives and different friend groups. And, um... I remember, you know what, despite us all being so different, we all, like, standing ovationed the movie theater every single time Nick Cage hit a woman in the face. I, it, yes. was, it was such a bizarre and funny experience. I like that. I think if any film can bring together so many people from so many different backgrounds, it can be the Wicker Man, the Nick Cage Wicker Man. I, I think <laughs> I, when I watched that, I knew that people said it was very, very bad, but I was drawn in by Nick Cage's aura that I just ended up loving the fucking thing. Yeah, it's fun. Every time Nick Cage is on the screen, you're like, oh, this is fun. I like this. Yeah, I, I think people, especially film bros, need to get over themselves when it comes to films like that. If you just ride the wave, you'll love it so much more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wicker Man, definitely like the best example of, of just a movie that sucks so good. But um, I did look, and I had to pick between two films which are my least favorite. And I will tell you both of them, and I will explain why. So my first is Deep Impact. Um, it, I thought it was fucking boring. For a disaster movie, there was barely any disasters. There's only really one asteroid hit, and that only leaves about five minutes. So that's that. And then the other, which I, I think I hate more, um, is the 2002 version of Dahmer starring Jeffrey Renner. I remember I was watching the Netflix Dahmer version, and then one night I got very, very drunk and decided to watch the 2002 version of Dahmer. And I, it might have just been because I was very intoxicated, but I remember hating that fucking film. I thought that Jeremy Renner did not play a convincing Dahmer. I didn't think he looked like Dahmer. 
I thought the film uh, was boring. Loaded. He looks chunky, too chunky and muscular to be Jeffrey Dahmer. And also, I I knew that there was a purpose behind not showing any of the kills or any of the murders on in the film, um, because other films like My Friend Dahmer did something similar. But it was always like they were leading up to a murder, and then they would just not show it, and they would switch to something else. And I guess oh. the film was trying to analyze his relationship maybe with his mother. I think that's one interpretation someone made of it. But I just always remembering this film was promoted as a type of serial killer exploitation film, which were popular in the 90s and early 2000s. But a part of the exploitation aspect is you have to be a bit exploited with the murders that took place. And if you don't do that, people are going to leave the theater bored. Yeah. I think that was, um, that was common among a lot of those serial killer movies that I mentioned because they all tried to be a bit experimental, a bit artsy with how they portrayed each figure. But at the end of the day, audiences just didn't like them. They thought they were benign and basically not worthy. That Dahmer movie does sound really bad compared to like what the new show is. Mm-hmm. Despite the, like, aside from the fact that he's like a serial killer, um, I have like a weird relationship with Jeffrey Dahmer just because like that's what my coworkers call me at work. Just because of like I'm I'm blonde and have glasses, I don't I don't know. You but, probably look um, exactly like him. You're just downplaying it. Yeah, maybe I am because I I really go, I really want to cope and see that I'm not Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, they, I mean, like, in the sales program, like only the manager can change the profile picture, and it's just the like yellow and black cover of that show of of, of Dahmer. And I have to like look at that every time I like do something for work. And I'm like, oh man. I mean, you're you're in good company because all of my friends say I look like David Koresh. So when I look in the mirror, that's all I see. The founder of the Branch Davidians. Yes, I bought the I bought my current glasses because people said I looked like him, and I thought that was just cool. I now I haven't seen your face yet. I've only seen like your hair on your Instagram story. Yeah, um, that's, that's how we very keep by design. It's very by design. But um, I guess I do the same thing on the podcast Instagram account. Like I always wear the um, the Raiden the Raiden Metal Gear Solid mask. Yeah, uh, habitually, I probably should like just on the note of serial killer movies. I probably really need to watch what was it Jake Gyllenhaal and Zodiac. I uh, I really need to watch that. Uh, I, I I've been hearing for so long that it's good. You know what? Now that I have a computer, you wanna you wanna start doing you wanna start joining the movie nights on Discord that we used to do when I had a computer before. Sure, sure I'll try. Uh, ontology fan shows up to the Discord movie nights. That's you know, exciting. You know, when, I, when I pull up, people get excited for some reason. I don't know why. Well, it's because you're a charming and fun to talk to individual. As far as I'm I can some, tell, I'm just some dude. I'm just some weird dude on Instagram. Yeah. We're all just some weird dude on Instagram in our own. Special ways. You just happen to be a weird dude on Instagram in a David Koresh kind of way, but people loved David Koresh too. Yeah, in in certain ways, there are some aspects of David Koresh that I'm not going to emulate. Um, specifically, I don't, I'm not in favor of polygamy. I did make a joke about multiple partners earlier. I'm not in favor of polygamy, um, and also his relations with children were bad. We're just getting out of the way. That's a wow. Hot take only on the podcast. I, I mean, like, listen, if I'm here and I'm saying to someone, oh, I like David Crush," people are going to say, well, what about the children part? And I'm going to say, I don't like that. Yeah, that's true. 
I, I do like was, I was do love dude. fighting the government. Fighting the government's fun. Um, but that's about it. That's about all I can really get behind with Mr. Koresh. I think David Koresh was one of the last great American quirky white boys, in my opinion. You think, you think so? Yeah. I, I think um, people... I, I have like a list on my phone where I think I do, which I just have quirky American white boys. And I think who's on there is David Koresh. I think Orson Welles <laughs> is on there. You got to put like a, some presidents on there. I feel like there have some been, been some goofy ass presidents. I, I think Lyndon Johnson would be a specific. Lyndon Johnson is, is quirked up as shit. I think 24. Lyndon Johnson and Nixon can both go on there because they were both back to back quirked up white boys. Now, put side by side, I would say that Lyndon Johnson is definitely more quirked up than Richard Nixon, if I, I think. I think due to Johnson having a history of pulling his penis out to people, and I don't believe Nixon did that. As far as I know, yes. No, I don't think he did. At least not as publicly as Lyndon B. Johnson might have. Lyndon Johnson just went outside and did it. He would just go walk down Pennsylvania Avenue with his penis out. What a guy. That was a president of the United States. Yes, and but speaking of presidents of the United States, I watched a documentary about Timothy Leary yesterday, and he claimed that JFK did ask in the White House. I believe it. I believe I, that. I mean, there's no evidence to the contrary, so I'm just going to believe the cooler thing. If you're if you're pulling a hose in the White House, you're doing acid in the White House in that day. You're probably pulling hose and doing acid at the same time. Most definitely, one hundred percent. I mean, JFK. I want if there was any president I'd like to see give a speech while on acid. It has to be JFK. I think it would be funny to give Andrew Jackson acid. I think if well. That brings up a different issue, because if you gave someone like Andrew Jackson acid, do you think he would come to terms with multiculturalism and learn to love the natives? No, I just think he would go he, he would go to like the White House lobby where they had that like big fucked up cheese structure and eat it. I think that's what he would do. I just imagine him going up to some person in the White House and just saying, we're all one person, man. <laughs> this is... But that gets to another thing, because when I was tripping on shrooms, this was the same night I watched Mandy. Uh, there was a, it was at a Halloween party, and I go downstairs, and I go up to this group of people, or maybe they all surrounded me, I don't remember, and I just started telling them, we could have prevented the Fort Pillow Massacre if we gave Nathan Bedford Forrest mushrooms. And I explained this in complete detail. There's a lot of really awesome historical things that could, that could happen if we could just go back in time and give them a lot of powerful drugs. Well, I mean, in many great societies, they were on powerful drugs. This is true. Which which society do you think was doing the most drugs, but wasn't talking about doing the most drugs? Um. Well, we we can throw Nazi Germany out because the book I'm currently reading blitzed uh, the meth use in the Nazi regime oh, yeah. was widespread. The, that pervitin grind. I think most societies could be deemed alcoholic societies. It just maybe we could look at the ancients because I don't believe they were as public about their alcohol use as maybe modern societies. I think stoner societies are the chill ones, the chill aboriginals, the yeah, chill indigenous peoples of all countries. That's what, that's what I want to emulate, really. They're, they're the most okay. powerful, in my opinion. We're, we're going and prim mode right now. We're going and prim mode, doing ayahuasca yes. and, we, and cool. smoking yeah. weed. Yeah, we're do, I'm forcing people to take ayahuasca with me. I start reading John Zerzan books to them. <laughs> I tell them, we got to throw out symbolic thought. We got to destroy art. We got to go back to the good old days.
Uh, just to counterbalance what you're doing, I'm going to dose other people with ayahuasca and just read them Nick Land tweets. Oh, so now we're, we're competing. Yeah, we are competing to see who can just do the worst thing ever, which is drug people. I, well, I mean, in your defense, the CCRU was basically Nick Land drugging people and yelling at them. Yeah, I just have to continue his beautiful, beautiful work. Now, I don't actually know anything about Nick Land. I, I have no idea what he believes in. Um, except, uh, on his Wikipedia page, there's just something called hyper racism, which I refuse to teach myself about just so I can imagine something funnier than the reality. Yeah, I can, I, I can elucidate I know that wh Nick Land a bit. Whatever it is, will, whatever it is will not be as funny as what hyper racism is in my head. <laughs> yeah. Cause but... I've made up like, I've made up, I've made up like a bit about it where it's something like, like, just, like, the Jetsons being racist. And that's probably actually what it is. It's probably some Jetsons shit where the Jetsons are racist. That's probably what it boils down to. But in my head, it's funny to picture that rather than... When I when I think of hyper-racism, I think of the Flash running very, very fast towards someone because he wants to say a slur. <laughs> we are so far away from, like, the, like the topic Like, the camera of zooms into him. He's, he's really running really fast, but it's in slow-mo, so you can see all of his movements. And he just says, I'm going to say the N-word. Let's. I'm gonna bring this back to the main topic by like putting like the two puzzle pieces together, like in the in like the sun rising, uh, stock image, and I'm hoping that that's what like Ezra Miller and like the Batman collab movie is. I don't want to see Ezra Miller Batman collab. I saw the preview for it when I went to see John Wick, but yeah, now I'm hoping that it is it is a Landian inspired film. About the Flash moving really fast to call people derogatory words. And, but I'm not going to see it because I would not give money for something as bad as that. Oh yeah, I'm definitely not going to watch it. I did I did watch Black Adam. I didn't pay for it, but I watched it at home. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked Black Adam a little bit. I watched maybe five minutes of Black Adam before I turned it off. Not because I didn't want to watch it, but just because I remember I wanted to eat something. And by the time I was finished with my meal, I just decided I'm not going to watch this today. <laughs> you got to watch. Um, you got to watch it. I really only kept watching it for Pierce Brosnan being uh, Dr. Fate. I thought that was uh, pretty good. <laughs> obviously, um, obviously, you know, like just the rock being like a muscle guy who is the opposite of Shazam can only be so good. Yeah, but I, I didn't hate it. I'm not. I'm not going to question the Rocks' acting abilities. Um, however, he's not been putting out the most well-received material as of late. Oh, that dude's just riding the fact that everyone knows his name. I think he just needs to get back into wrestling full-time. How old is he? Isn't he like 600 years old now or something? He's got to be like 50. I mean, he, he seems capable of being able to go back into a wrestling ring. That's all I'm saying. Let's see how old he is. Yep, he's exactly 50. That's crazy. Um, I think maybe, yeah, maybe... Maybe. You see, because I'm looking at all his most recent films. So we, we got League of Super, Fets, Super Pets, but that was a voice acting role. I like that. My ex-girlfriend thought it was funny. So I'm He's a good gonna, voice actor, I think, like yeah, in Moana. I'm not going to drive him over that. Red Notice, that's the fake movie. He's in Free Guy, that's also another fake movie. He's in The Jungle Cruise, so that's Disney, and we don't talk about Disney movies, especially live action ones. Oh, and you're a Disney hater? No, I'm just, just fucking with you. I'm indifferent towards <laughs> Disney. Uh, I don't hate them. I don't think they're the second coming of Christ. 
when they when they get a win, they get a a big win though. Like they like their good oh, movies yeah. are really good. Yeah, when they have the right director and they have the right screenplay, they can really shine. Um, it's just their major studios seem to be in a slump currently. So yeah, more like the five star films are few and far between right now. But I think there's going to be a renaissance soon, at least in my opinion. Have you seen the movie that's like coming from the people who made John Wick? Uh, uh, was it Ballerina? Sisu? No, Sisu. Sisu. Is that S I S U? It's not a spin-off, but it's like the same studio making like the exact same kind of movie. When you mean people, do you mean director? Studio. The same studio. Uh, I I think it's the same studio. They said same someone as John Wick. Okay. I can honestly, I'll I'll find out while I'm, I'm just I'm looking. At, I'm on Letterbox right now, so I'm just going through the different studios to see if someone has it on there. It's like a Finnish movie, though, um, about a like ex-military Finnish guy who becomes a prospector in the the Lapland wilderness, and so he's just doing awesome like Nazi killing things. We love that. We do. We do. It looks cool, but I, I only had a little disdain in my voice because I... Oh, wait. Just, I suddenly I'm, remembered what film you're talking about. Sisu? The, the trailer shot right back into my mind. Yes. I only I had a little disdain people. in my voice, not because I hate killing Nazis, um, but because I'm just worried about them like milking the format that John Wick provided, and then it just suddenly not feeling special to me anymore. Well, if you're thinking about media, about killing Nazis, copying each other, won't this film be more of a ripoff of Wolfenstein? Yeah, I think it'll be more exciting than Wolfenstein, though, mostly because, like, I'm a Doom fan, and when I played Wolfenstein, I just got really sick of the protagonist literally whining. Like, literally whining out loud in-game. And I was like, what are you... I, I like that, because it's just like me in real life. I see Doom guy just like me in real life, because when I get mad, I become nonverbal because I'm autistic or something. I'm kind of like that too, so I have no room to rest you over that. <laughs> um, that and I think maybe just because I I think Doom Eternal is like the greatest first person shooter ever made. It is perfect. I, it's a perfect game. I think I've only played five minutes of Doom Eternal. Uh, you should honestly play it all the way through and then play the DLCs because the DLCs are just like. Somehow, the like the only time a game has ever improved on perfection, like n- nothing needed to be changed, but they just kept throwing more things at it, and all of them work really, really well. I think, um, yeah, I I haven't even played that many video games in maybe the past two years, um, because I'm not able to connect my Xbox to my dorm room, not because I I can't per se, but more of I don't have enough room or ability to bring up another TV. But yeah, when I when I have the ability, when I go home, I'm able to play some stuff. I'm usually playing Elder Scrolls Online. I don't know why, but that's just been my go-to game for the past maybe eight years of my life. Is that actually good? Like I'm a WoW, I'm a WoW fan. I haven't played WoW in years, but I was a WoW fan. I think I, I a lot of people don't like the Elder Scrolls Online because it's not like the other Elder Scrolls games. And it's not developed by the same people either. It just uses a very similar formula. But if you like MMOs, you'll like it. Okay. Uh, Really the only thing that's ever... Go ahead. I was just going to say, if you're going into it thinking it's going to be something like Skyrim 2, you're going to be mistaken. But 
if you go in okay. knowing you're go- you like MMOs, you, yeah, you'll love it. How mechanically similar is it to Skyrim? I, I don't want to say very similar. Similar. Um, similar. Okay. I can't talk. I'm so high. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not really. I only took a few hits off of it, but getting back to the Skyrim, I I think the controls are quite different. Unless you have an IQ maybe under 70, you won't be able to figure it out. But if you've played an Elder Scrolls game, you'll have a general idea. It just, some of the controls are shifted to make room for the MMO elements. Okay. Um, but that's, that's basically it. Honestly, I wonder if I should even bother trying to invest myself in an MMO just because, like, I'm an adult who works a full-time job. But the internet micro-celebrity told you to do it. I guess, I guess, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. This episode is sponsored by The Elder Scrolls Online. Have you seen any of the Jodorowsky movies? Um, Holy Mountain? No, the Holy Mountain's on my watch list. Same. So that's another thing we can probably watch together as a big team. I think I'll I'll start going through my list and start asking you about films. Okay. I'm just gonna... How many, how many Kevin Smith films have you seen? I take Kevin Smith very seriously. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just have, throw out a title. Uh, I actually have not seen Clerks. Okay, we gotta start there. That's that's the most important one, really. Clerks is your favorite movie? Well, if you... Okay, here's what I tell people. If you're gonna watch a Kevin Smith film, it can just be Clerks. If you want to be cool, you watch everything else. But if you want to get the base minimum... I want to be a cool guy. Okay, I'll watch then you're gonna have... So, yeah, Kevin Smith, um, he's good. Like, from, ni- from 1994 to 1999, it's very good. And then through the 2000s, you have to sift through a lot of crap. And then 2010s, you have to sift through a little crap before you get back to good stuff. I have, oh, I have only seen, wait. Okay, yeah, I've seen Zack and Miri make a porno. I've seen that. That's only Kevin Smith you've seen. That's the only Kevin Smith I've seen. <laughs> How did anyone? It's the Sack and Mary one with Seth Rogen. Yes. Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks. That well, that movie had too many sex scenes. I didn't like that. Yeah. If you it's, listen it's, to this podcast and I find out if if you listen to this podcast and I find out you've had sex, this goes for anyone in the audience. If I find out you've had sex, I'm gonna kill you. That's that's what I mean. When I was watching Zack and Mary and they were making a porno, like in the, the title, I don't know. Just a part of me said, I can't do this. That's right. That's right. I thought I thought they were just going to talk about it. I didn't think they were actually doing it. Yeah, um, we should um, we should execute Seth Rogen for making that movie. That's I think we I, should just execute Seth Rogen for being a pothead. That's true. That's true. If you smoke weed, I'm going to Se- kill you. If you if you smoke weed, I will personally come over and kill you before calling the cops. And then I will come there and I will take your weed away, and, and it will disappear. That's right. Our pothead of the year is Hauntology fan, only person in the world who's allowed to smoke weed this year. That's what I would do if I was if I became because I I don't want to do an executive order because I wouldn't really be efficient keeping it prolonged. But if I was somewhere in the United States legislature. I would love to propose a bill that legal or decri- or decriminalizes or criminalizes weed everywhere in the United States. But there's mm-hmm. a law where it says all the weed gets sent to my house. That's right. That's right. That's where we store all the weed. 
And once it gets there, we don't ask any more questions. Just the weed comes to my place and I just chill out and I smoke it. And um, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing else to that. There's nothing else to that joke, really. I think it would be really funny if Congress started passing legislation, making things illegal in other countries and then enforcing it. Yeah, that's they should. <laughs> There's so many things we could criminalize in other countries. That's right. I think um, we should ban- we should make murder illegal in internationally. I'm going to I'm going to personally enforce that if we make murder illegal. You're going to solve see, every every single murder. Someone, I'm going to get so mad. <laughs> I'm going to get so mad at you. I see you killing, I'm going to get pissed. I'm not going I'm not going to keep my cool, all right? If I'm I tolerate if I'm I tolerant. see you like if I if I'm, yeah, if I'm going to have to go to some third world country and I see you beheading someone with a machete, I'm going to get so upset with you. I'm calling. I will call the police. All right. I'm, Mark I'm my words, buddy. I'm going to call on you to the UN. You're not going to call them when they get down here. No, I'm going to call the NYPD. I'm going to get the boys and I'm going to get the boys from the Big Apple on the case. I think we should bring back like hard-boiled detectives that all talk like Humphrey Bogart, uh, and, but they're all in modern day. So they're just trying to solve problems like TikTok cyberbullying, like until someone dies, that kind of thing. That's what the Humphrey Bogart hard-boiled detectives are solving. I mean, that that's an interesting prospect to think about. I could just imagine all these men in maybe trench coats or something. Like they're having to sift through a bunch of Gen Z slang to understand what the coded messages on their phone mean. She walked into my office like a sleigh dame. How do we feel about that one, huh? How do we feel about that? I, I want to hear. I want to hear like a sixty-three-year-old Italian man say the word "finna." <laughs> I think. I think they might. They might say the word "finna." Yeah. Oh, well, true. Because the accent. People have accents. That's right. Me and Paulie, a finna, finna get a slice. How about that? Damn it! I forgot. I. I no. I love accents because I love other people. But yeah. Sometimes when the when I don't understand the accents. I'm like, you, oh, turn man. The, you turn into the racist flash. That's what no, I know. No, no, I don't. I don't do that. I love people. I have to clarify. No, I'm just, I'm just fucking. Every we we know that you're a lover, not a, not a. I'm a lover. Uh, not a racist who moves at the speed of light. I'm a. I love a lot of things. Yeah. Women, I love women. Me too, man. Me too. Shout out to women. This Shout episode was women. sponsored by women. This this episode shot by the Fem Cell Caucus of Twitter. That's right. That's right. You know what? I think I I think I made a tweet very similar to that the other day. Uh, hold think, on. Let me let me find out what it was. Fem cells hold up half the sky if you think about it. Did the incels hold up the other half of the sky? Yes, incels and fem cells hold up to both halves of the sky, but they won't interact with each other because they both think they're better than each other. No, it's because if they started having sex with each other, the sky would fall down. God damn it! Look at you with that logical thinking. You're using right. your sobered up. You're using your sober brain to outsmart me right now. <laughs> should I? Should I go grab my bottle of wine and join you in the lack of sobriety on the recording? I think you should. All right, I'm back. So tonight we will be drinking a 2020 Cabernet Sauvignon from California. Okay. Um, Menage a Trois Decadence. That is such a pretentious fucking name. Uh, it was $10 at Kroger. A $10 wine from a Kroger. Okay, I'm not going to blame you for that. All right, do you, know, uh, you know about the German delicacy? 
I don't remember the German words, but the English Do I remember the German delicacy? Do you remember the German delicacy? In English, it's called cold pussy. No, I don't know about the German delicacy that's known as cold pussy in English. All right, so what it is is you mix red wine and Coca-Cola 50-50 in a glass. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna because I'm not 21 yet I'm still 20 so I'm legally I'm, I don't have a fake so I can't go to bars, but if oh, I'm no. there, I'm gonna say so loudly. Can I have a cold pussy, sure? <laughs> Going to the bar to get some cold pussy tonight. Excuse, it, well, it'd be even worse if the bartender was a female. Nope, <laughs> that's you gotta let him know. Pussy. You gotta let him know that you want some cold pussy. And I'm not going to tell them that it's a drink. I'm just going to keep saying cold pussy. That's right. That's right. They should know. They're bartenders. They should know all about this. You this should know what a cold pussy is, really. That's right. Every, That's every right. person in America should know what a cold pussy is. And the fact that exactly. not everyone does saddens me. Exactly. I, every, every, man, every man and woman in this nation should know about well, cold not, pussy. Well, not, not children. That's why I didn't say children. I, I'm sorry. I thought you said children first. I'm about to say no, no. no. Children don't need to know what that is. No, you're right. Children don't need. Children don't get to know about cold pussy. They can know when they join the men or the women demographic. And I you have know what? to explain it to my followers. You can't say bad things to children. We don't do that. You can't do that. Um, I guess I'll lump non non-binary people in. Um, they're also allowed to know about cold pussy as long as they're not part of the not as long as long as there's no overlap between them and the children demographic. If you're a non-binary child, you still aren't allowed to know about cold pussy. But um, if you if you are an adult of any of any orientation of any kind, it's you have a if you use it's as important as they they self pronouns. You can know what cold pussy is. That's right. Unless you're I a think child, it's probably more important than voting. Yeah, I really need all my clown, clown self pronoun people to know what cold pussy is. Oh, they know. They know. Let me tell you, if anyone knows, it's them. No, they got silly pussy. That's what they got. <laughs> no, they don't got cold pussy. They got silly pussy. There's a difference. Need some silly pussy in these trying times. <laughs> Put on my Tinder bow. I need some silly pussy. <laughs> I can't imagine having like a Tinder that has your face on it. Where people might from your city might recognize you, and like imagine, imagine, imagine a woman walks up to you and says, "Hey, are you the silly pussy guy?" And I'll say, "Damn right, I am. You got some silly pussy for me." But no, she has to walk up in clown makeup. That's that's what I mean by silly pussy. Oh, oh, she even if she's just inquiring, she doesn't even know no, what silly. No, pussy I'm is. just, I'll just look at her. I'm like, no, no, no. You go fix your attire, and then you come back. Dress coding strangers in public before they ask you about your Tinder bio where you're asking mm -hmm. for silly pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I like how the last few days I was like, oh, I'm excited to talk about movies. And now I'm just having fun talking about silly pussy. Yeah. Let me it see almost if there's sounds a movie like named, There probably is a movie named Silly Pussy from 1976. Imagine no, it's okay. like someone... I'm I'm also now imagining someone seeing it and and like swiping right, and they're 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 under the impression that you just meant silly putty, and they are disappointed when they find out that you did not mean that. No, I didn't. Okay, so I I, I shouldn't have even done that because porn came up. I looked up silly <laughs> pussy film. <laughs> I wanted to see if there was a real thing, and it's like porn. I'm like, what is this? Why is there porn there? And I we're gonna put a, we're gonna put a link to the silly pussy porn. Um in the description of this episode if anyone's curious 
I'm running for president on the silly pussy party. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to make this the title of the episode: "Silly Pussy with Hauntology Fan." That sounds a bit sexual. People might get the wrong idea. Good. I hope they do. I hope they get the wrong idea. No, and I don't. They listen I don't to- want some of my followers thinking about me in sexual scenarios. That's kind of scary. Your followers thinking of you sexually is frightening. At least three of them. At least? I mean, you got, what, 5.7K? Something like that? Sadly. Sadly. You want to trade? No. Damn it. Sorry. I don't think you want what I got. I don't think you want what I got. Oh, I want what you got. I want that silly pussy. (laughs) I don't have silly pussy. Why (laughs) why are you talking to me about having silly pussy? No, come on now. Come on. Come on now. Come we all now. got some, we, we all got some silly pussy deep in our hearts. Deep in our hearts. Okay, you had to go back there and explain yourself. That's right. I I had to clarify a little bit. You had to clarify. Yeah. My bad. I did not mean to imply. I did not mean to imply that you had a physically silly pussy. I'm sorry. I don't have a physical. I don't have a physical silly pussy. You know, we don't do that. I would be inclined to say that I don't think that you have any kind of pussy at all. Thank you. I'm glad we established that. I want everyone, I want all the followers on both accounts to know Hauntology fan does not have pussy at all. Indeed. Holy shit, I can't believe I have a working computer. Oh, you're amazed by that. I am. I actually have not had a computer, like I said, like I was, when I was DMing you, uh, when I was 30 minutes late to starting this. Uh, I have, this is the first time I've had a working computer in seven, six months. So I've been well, raw well, dog in right now. I've been raw dogging life on my phone. I've been recording every episode of this show on my phone. But that's a very DIY. You have a DIY spirit to it. That's how it's I do. I, You're supposed to record podcasts on your phone. DI, the, the, way, the same way that I'm supposed to be watching Francis Ford Coppola movies on mute. Yes. And um, you should be way, recording a podcast while watching Francis Ford Coppola films on mute. For all you know, I am. For all you know, I have been. You're you're probably watching The Godfather right now completely silent. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely not downloading the browser version of Discord. Or not the browser version, the PC version of Discord right now. The PCP version of Discord. Dude, that would be awesome. Some PCP Discord and some silly pussy on a Friday night? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's what I'm all about. I I walk up to a girl in the bar and I say to her, Hey, I'm going to do some PCP, then we can have some silly pussy afterwards. Are you looking forward to that? You just imply that she's ready for it. She's like she's on the same page as you. Yeah, I I live by the two P's: PCP and silly pussy. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen to that. What is what's a bad movie to watch when you're stoned? Bad movie to watch while you're stoned? Yeah. I think, let me let me pick up. Let me look up the list I made: stoner film canon ranked. Okay. Because I have a PhD in stoner films. Um, if we're talking strictly bad movies that can be enjoyable, I would say that maybe, so I don't even think a lot of these movies are bad per se. I think you would get a lot of out of, um, Road Trip. That's a bad opinion. one? I consider it bad because I thought that Tom Green was underutilized as a comedic entity in the film. Okay. Okay. But you see, when I'm talking about stoner films, I have this all laid out in my head. I have the big four in my mind. Which I consider them the Beach Bomb, Smiley Face, Half Baked, and Rolling Kansas. Those are the four films you should watch back to back after eating about three edibles. So here's the thing: I don't, um, I haven't smoked weed in probably two years. I actually don't like it. 
So at the, in the same way, I've never, it doesn't make me scared. It just like makes me feel dumb. It makes me feel retarded in like a way that I don't like. Um, but like uh, a drug retarded that I do like is whippets. I, I mean, I'm not going to take them because like that would be horrendous. Um, I would give myself brain damage eventually, but, um, I don't know, like when I was in high school, whenever I would smoke weed, I would straight up get sick. That you greened out probably, you probably smoked too much. No, I would take like one hit of weed, literally one little tiny baby hit of weed. You, fuck, you fucking overdosed on the one hit. Oh, I guess, I guess. And this, but that, that went on for probably years, two years. See, medical marijuana can't cause that. Or can't help that. Because if you're getting sick from weed, you can't smoke more weed to get less sick from it. Unfortunately, this is true. I think... So So you're not really against the feeling of being retarded because you still are okay with whippets. Uh, I guess. I don't know. There's it's just something... Just weed, weed makes your tummy hurt. I guess... Well, I haven't gotten... Like, in the past... As an adult, I have not gotten sick smoking weed. Okay. Well, good job. Thank you. I think... Um, But no, I... I weed is a very interesting entity. That I enjoy smoking both for the occasions where I can feel retarded for a few hours, but also on the occasions where I need a bit of an enhancement, a pick-me-up to help me work. Yeah. Um, I've written so many wonderful papers for various classes while completely stoned, and I've found that I've written papers better compared to when I'm drunk. So we stick with weed. Okay. <laughs> I, can respect, I can respect that. However, and I have emphasized this once, I, it, I, when I smoke weed that i buy off other people i'm playing basically russian roulette with what happens to me afterwards because yeah if i smoke something like sativa which is more an enhancement version of marijuana mm -hmm. i'm always more energetic and i feel like i'm able to do things if you understand where i'm coming from i know what you're saying but if i smoke the indica strain i enter what's called the death loop where i start contemplating my own mortality all right and i get very sleepy, and this is where I feel retarded. So I'm thinking about death while feeling retarded, and those don't go well together. You're right. That That is not uh, a set of emotions that I think I would want to combine very often, if at all. That being said, um, last was... time I did mushrooms, I like intentionally kind of freaked myself out. I went and watched only the scary scenes from The Matrix. Well, not scary when you're sober, but like scary <laughs> when you're fucked up. I watched the scene where the agents take away his mouth when they arrest him. And I watched I watched the scene where, um, like, when they capture Morpheus and Agent Smith kind of, like, snaps. And he talks about how he, hate, he also hates the Matrix. But he has to escape uh, through Zion by destroying it. Um, Zion? That's right. That's right. Zion. Zion. We're talking about Israel now? Yep, that's right. I... I I'm looking forward to Israel's is, in the Matrix. What the fuck? Is, well, Israel is the only place outside of the Matrix. It's the last place. That's not what in the it feels Matrix. like when you fly into Israel. You say to yourself, "I escaped the Matrix." If I ever fly into Israel, which I doubt I ever will, um, I will be sure to take note of the fact that I've escaped the Matrix. Israel is the last bastion of uh, human civilization, in my mind. You think so? Yes. What makes you say that? A wonderful little place, wonderful little people, not in height, but more in just their small population of people. Um, I feel like, I don't know, if, I think they got a little too much going on. Like, I feel like they're doing some civil unrest me? right now. Excuse they, me? They're, doing some, they're doing some civil unrest right now. They're doing some, some uh, war. I, I thought you were going in a different direction. I was going to have to stop you right there. We don't. 
No, 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 no. They're just a. I, you, I don't know if I would call Israel a bastion right now of anything, just because they're, I feel they're like they, just, got, they, got, they just have no a lot of. Right now. They have a lot of internal and external violence. Well, you know, maybe if they smoked a little weed, this would all be prevented. If every Israeli person smoked weed at the same time. Yeah, if we got the Orthodox Jewish community to smoke weed, I think everything would fall into place. Like, imagine, yeah. I know, because I, this is going to make a joke where it sounds like I want to start a one world religion, and I, will, I don't want to do that, because that's something the Antichrist would do. But speaking speaking of the Antichrist, have you ever watched the Left Behind films? No. Oh, boy, you're in for a fucking treat. So, Am I? Yes. So, t- so take it like this. Uh, there's these group. There's these sixteen novels called Left Behind. All right, they're written by an evangelical Baptist pastor. Basically, take Tom Clancy or Stephen King and make it about the Rapture. Okay. 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 So now these books are they are so popular in the Protestant community, or especially the Baptist and um, Pentecostal communities, because they're the most aligned with what the book says about the Rapture. So in okay. 2000, a film is made called Left Behind, and it starts. Uh, so it stars my favorite Christian actor, Kirk Cameron. Um, he has a wonderful little face that I just find adorable. It's and not Mark Wahlberg. Mark well, Mark Wahlberg is my second favorite Christian in general, but he's my first favorite Catholic. Okay. The Mel Gibson. I, I would, would like to. Be, I would like. I would like to compete for your number one favorite Catholic spot. Okay. I would like to be in the running for that. I'd hope to supersede. Well, maybe if you maybe if you star in a few good movies, you can join that list. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Anyway, Kirk Cameron. So okay, so he stars in Left Behind. In the film, though, a lot of people on Letterboxd think it's terrible. I don't think it's that bad because for a Christian drama, especially a Protestant genre, which I have a lot of issues with as a genre, it is okay. somewhat structured. And what I do like about Christian films sometimes is when it doesn't feel like the film is a sermon. So in this film, they're not saying a Bible verse every five seconds. You're able to implicitly understand from the beginning of the film that it's Christian based and it's supposed to promote Christian ideas, but they don't have to overdo it. You understand? I understand. So the film as a drama, it's actually okay. I thought that portions of it were entertaining, and it had a surprisingly high budget for a Christian film, especially a very niche one like this. But okay. it details a journalist, a pastor, a pilot, and his daughter, and they are both le- they are all left behind during the rapture, and then they all have to band together as a group called the Tribulation Force, and they have to battle against the Antichrist, who is this Romanian politician who becomes the head of the UN. That sounds fucking badass, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, so I've watched... So there's two versions. There's the 2000 trilogy, and then there's a Mm -hmm. newer... It's not going to be a trilogy. They say they're planning on making probably like seven more films. But I haven't seen the last two of the original trilogy, but I have seen the two latest uh, renditions, one of which stars Nick Cage. Okay. Which is very funny because the it's it's a 2014 remake of the 2000, and it's... It's funny because Nick Cage is in a Christian film. Yes. Now, the film does not do what I complained about with other films where they give you a Bible verse, but it's yeah. a little more explicit even compared to the 2000 version. Because when they're on the plane, you'll notice that there's a lot of different characters, but they make sure that all the other characters are a specific religion. 
So when the rapture happens, it really, it's supposed to hammer into your mind. Those religions were wrong because there's a, a, like a clearly a Muslim guy on the plane. And then when everyone disappears, he starts praying, but they're making it known. Um, No, sweetie, he got left behind because he's a Muslim. (laughs) That sounds, uh, it's got a lot, it's a lot going on. Well, it's Nick Cage. Like in my letterbox review, I said Nick Cage versus the Raptors, a very underappreciated portion of the rap or the uh, cage verse. The fucking cage verse. The fucking cage verse. Uh, I'm a big fan of, I, I, I talked about doing that cage trilogy, um, earlier and I was really a fan of, um, not raising Arizona wild at heart. The day it was a David Lynch, David Lynch movie starring Nick Cage. And uh, Lorna Dern, Lorna Dern, I forgot how she does her name, but Lorna Dern, who played Diane in Twin Peaks, The Return, season three, Uh, by the way, best TV show ever is Twin Peaks, without a doubt. Um, But yeah, she played, she she was also the, the girl in Blue Velvet, but that movie was awesome. Are you okay if I use uh, if if I use a, a potentially homophobic slur in an editorial quotationary sense of the word? It's okay. I might cry, but you can do it. So just towards the end of the movie, for like n- seemingly no reason, he is a- a- approached by like like a, just a gang of just random people in the middle of the road, and then just for no reason, he goes, "What do you fags want?" And then they just kick his ass. They just kick his ass. They yeah, you don't, beat say, his you don't ass. say that to a group of people. They beat his ass, but then just like out of nowhere, uh, a fairy princess woman comes and just brings him back to life. And he goes on his little Nick Cage way back to his Laura Dern wife. And really, for me, that's what it was all about. So Nick Cage is homophobic to a group of strangers. They beat him up and then his guardian angel comes and rescues him. Yes. That's that's just what happens in like New York. Well. Uh, this was in, like, Arizona. But it can happen in both places. Nope, homophobia can only exist in one place at a time. Yeah, it travels travels from state to state. Like a disease? The aura of homophobia just enters the population for about two weeks, and it just goes to another place. Interesting. I guess I've never thought about it like that. Let me find out when Wild at Heart came out. 1994, I think. 1990. Oh, that was, was like that was like that was that was like the the 90s was the decade that you used homophobic slurs without any intention of evoking gay people. Yeah, because if it was the 1990s, you would have known at least a few gay people. So, yeah, nobody I don't I don't, I don't even think anybody thought about like sexuality then I, I in my no one my had opinion. sex in the 90s. No, everyone had sex and that's why they it was so no. ill defined. No, no, no. The, no one had sex in the 90s because everyone was addicted to heroin. I would say, I thought like the 60s and the 70s would be the heroin times, in my mind. No, I always considered the 60s more of the weed acid. You know what You know what they were hooked on in the 90s? Translucent plastic electronics. That's what True. they were hooked on. True. That was, that was, that was the real heroin. <laughs> was a Game Boy that was the semi-translucent. Tetris is my heroin, really. Honestly, yeah. You ever play Tetris Effect Connected? No. I I urge you so strongly 
to go check that game out and then tell me you would not do a heroic amount of mushrooms and play that game. Okay, I will I will report back to you about that. Um, I, I would honestly be more than happy to go through the whole downloading process and stream it to you one day just so that you can understand what I'm talking about. But honestly, like me at my most sober almost had a seizure playing that game. Just oh, normal no. Tetris. Like, like I'm not even talking speed Tetris where like the pieces just teleport to the floor. Like normal speed Tetris. Like levels like level five speed. Speaking of Tetris, did you know that Nick Cage is gonna be an A twenty four film? Is it gonna is it the one about the Tetris guy? No. Knob? No, this is completely unrelated to Tetris. I just said that because I thought it was funny. Oh, okay. Uh, what A24 movie is he going to be in? It's called Dream, Dream Scenario. A schlubby professor who never made it becomes an overnight celebrity after appearing in every person on Earth's dream. Badass. Uh, they're making a movie about this man? Yes, but it's Nick Cage. You know what? If any actor was going to play this man, it's it's Nick Cage. I can't even... I, I have nothing to say. I'm I, I wouldn't mind seeing Nick Cage in my dream. Just his face. Now, did you know that this year... Whoa, wait... Five days ago, the Tetris movie came out in the United Kingdom. Did you know about that? Yes. I feel like I saw one preview, but I thought I made it up. I saw someone post about it on Instagram, and that's where I checked it out. Was it um, like film posting or whatever the account's called? Oh, I don't remember the username. I think it's called like Art House Cinema Shit Posting. It's it a very be. wordy title. But actually, wait, no, because that's more of a meme account. This person actually posted their review of it. Okay. I'm looking at the cast now, and it's no one I know. And it seems I'm like with all these people—they're all really nice. You should check them out. Like Taryn Egerton and Nikita Ef- Efremov. Yeah, Taryn Egerton, Nikita Efremov come to my room on Fridays, and we get drunk. <laughs> and some, and sometimes they start making out and taking their shirts off, and it gets really uncomfortable for me. Aaron Egerton in this like little photo of him under the Google cast—it just kind of looks like he's like a Russian non-union equivalent to like a. Like a Jude Law. Oh, he was in Kingsman. Terry he was Egerton, in Rocket Kingsman Man. Guy. And Sing. And Sing too. Damn. That's why I, don't, I like Kingsman. What is that? Some type of action movie? I care about Sing. About animals so who you, sing. If you, if you like John Wick, um, Kingsman is John Wick for British people. See, British people always have to copy. They're always copying Americans. When did the first Kingsman come out? Kingsman. Oh, so they both they basically copied each other because they came out the same year. No way. Yeah, John no Wick and Kingsman way. came out in 2014. The first John Wick was in 2014. Yeah. Let's see who copied who. Kingsman: The Secret Circle. The Secret Circle came out. Um, February 12th. Wait, wait a second. G A. What country code is G A? General Automotives. <laughs> the Google release date. The like, if you go on Google for Kingsman: The Secret Service, it gives you the day that it was released in the state of Georgia. That was the only state or- it was released. <laughs> I was hoping that when I clicked on it, it would be the country of Georgia. No, the state of Georgia is more important. You think so? In in general, yeah. Okay. I think more rappers have came out of uh, Georgia than the country of Georgia. I think uh, Stalin never released an EP. So I don't know what his rap skills were like, all right? I guess you're right. I've never thought about it like that before. Yeah. 
Well, I, I analyzed the success of each country by how many successful rappers they've had. That means that, like, nowhere in the world was successful until, like, the United States in, like, the late 1900s. Yeah. Western civilization began in the United States in the 1980s. Okay. Yep. Actually, like, I, I, in case you in case you weren't told this by your liberal history teachers, Wu Tang Clan started the United States and basically started human the human race as we know it. I believe you. I believe you wholeheartedly right now. That's just how it is sometimes, and I don't I don't mean to go a little ho teppy, but like <laughs> I, hey, I'm sorry. Like w- enter the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers. That's the that's when it began, 1993. you are now entering the 36 chambers you know what yeah that's when civilization started before that it was all primitive people like we all talk about how the invention of fire was like the mark of civilization now if we want to talk about real fire then we're talking about the wu-tang 36 chambers that's just that's just how it is just suddenly just suddenly a group of humans gain consciousness and so let's rap and by rap that group that everyone group else of came humans the wu-tang wu-tang clan were the first humans to ever have consciousness like i can just i can just imagine just being like i don't you know i i don't know about death i don't know about complex mathematics then i suddenly just hear a bunch of guys rapping cream and boom you enter the my, eyes, my eyes shoot open and I realize, oh God, here we are. It's like a baby and it's like you just, you hold on to the first time you ever recognized that you were alive. And the first time that you were ever alive is when you were 16 years old and you heard Wu-Tang for the first time. That's that also what first... happened when I was three years old. When I woke <laughs> up that one morning in my bed, it was my mom rapping into the 36 chambers to me. <laughs> that would be, that would be an awesome awesome way to be is your first memory is your dear your dear mother giving you life and then wrapping Wu tang at you that's badass oh, yeah just imagine imagine being some three-year-old your mother comes in she just starts doing the mystery of the chess boxing <laughs> you think your sword can defeat me This is one of the funniest damn things I've ever heard. Gaining sentience the second that you hear Wu-Tang. So what about people who hear, like, uh, they just hear, like, Nas, and that's it. They hear Nas, like, uh, New York state of mind. What, what do they get out of that? They're stuck in a primitive state of mind until they listen to the right music. I don't control the rules. <laughs> I just have to abide by them. You there, abide by, group, you abide by the 36 chamber. In Western United States. Um... And they're a droving horde of uh, non-sentient beings that simply consume and leave destruction in their wake. And then we had a plane that had a giant speaker that could play some Wu-Tang for them. Um, there's nothing else I can do. Is it like is it like the real-life equivalent of the monolith from 2001 Space Odyssey? Yeah, basically. Like, if you listen to <laughs> enough Wu-Tang, you will turn into, like, a god baby in outer space. Yeah, if you listen, if you don't listen to Wu Tang, you turn to a god baby. Or did you say listen to Wu Tang? <laughs> Actually, no. No matter what you, you listen, listen to, to I'm just going to turn you into a god baby. <laughs> like I don't, 
I don't care. You know, I walk up to you and I just, I just want you as a big God baby. <laughs> Wait, so you don't even, you don't get, you don't reap a reward of listening to Wu Tang anymore. You will just well, turn okay, me into okay, a God hold baby. On, hold on. No, no, here's what happens. So, if walk you back. listen to Wu Tang, you gain sentience, but you also turn into a God baby. If you don't listen to Wu Tang, I'm still going to turn you into a God baby, but you have the appearance of a God baby. You might not have the mental faculties of a God baby. So physically, I become a God baby, but I'm just like a really retarded yeah, God baby yeah, in outer you're space. A retarded God baby. <laughs> that's just how. That's just how it is. It's just how it works. You know what? I cannot disagree with that. I cannot disagree with that. But, I'm know, ready I'm, to become a retarded God baby. But not, frankly. But also get maybe moving away from the God baby thing. There's a whole group of non sentient, non Wu Tang listeners who don't know what silly pussy is. And that's kind yeah, of Yeah, I think yeah, the only way to acquire silly pussy is to become the God baby in outer space after well, listening no, no, to no, no, Wu-Tang. No, because God baby implies baby. And we're trying we're trying to keep those things separate. Oh, that's right. Check yourself, white boy. So kids can't listen to Wu Tang. Kids can't listen to Wu Tang. Kids can't listen to Wu Tang, and therefore they don't know about Silly Pussy. They don't know about God Baby. No, they're God Baby. So do Until we got they... do we got God men and God women and God non-binary people? Yes. The, the and... fact that you even have to ask me that is a bit problematic. Well, I don't want to be wrong. I, I, well, I'm just trying to make sure that we're on the same page right I'm now. Talking about human transformations. There, there always is going to be man, woman, non-binary, anything in between and outside. Okay, so all right, okay. You know, if I if I say I want everyone to turn into pregnant wolf people, you know, that like means non-binary, non-binary pregnant wolf people are going to be there too, fighting alongside us. I'm ready. I'm ready for that world. You're ready. You're ready. You're ready for me to turn you into a pregnant wolf person. Fucking, I guess, dude. I guess. I guess. You, I don't get much say in the matter, do I? Get that in writing. Send me the con. Send me the contract over. I, I want to be turned into a pregnant wolf man. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but also, I don't. I don't want that to overlap my space god baby status from listening to Wu Tang. But you also know what silly pussy is. Oh, so I have to choose between god baby and. Like, Wu Tang silly pussy. You can you can have all of it really at this point. Because I'm a baby. Like on, on the one hand, you listen to Wu Tang, you become a god baby, then you gain sentience, and you know what silly pussy is. But then later down the line, legislation is going to be passed through the House of Congress, the, the Congress and the House that uh, enforces everyone else has to turn into a pregnant wolf person. So you become this Cronenbergian type of pregnant wolf god baby who also knows what silly pussy is, and. <laughs> What what's gonna happen is you're gonna turn into this thing and you're gonna transcend to the next dimension because you okay. finally realized your final form. You see, in the book of Genesis, if Adam and Eve would have never eaten the apple, God would have allowed them to see their final form, which is a God pregnant baby. wolf god pussy not god pussy, a god <laughs> baby who knows what silly pussy is because they listen to Wu Tang clan. They don't teach this in church. I have to You're go right. in there and explain this to them, and they tell me to leave. 
<laughs> you try to explain. You try to explain. God, baby, silly pussy, pregnant werewolf no, 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 man, no, no. Wu Tang to them. Wolf person, God, baby, who knows what silly pussy is. You try to explain that to the good Christian folks. I, I try. I go in there. The preacher is giving a sermon. I stand up. I say, "Can I talk for a second? <laughs> I have something to say." And then, and then I just and I just start going. And you know, the women are enamored, either because they're interested or they're scared. And either way, I don't fucking care. And That's then, right. They're going to become and, God babies, whether they know it or not. They are going to become God babies. And, you know, they might not like it, but they're going to And they're be- also going to become pregnant wolf people. And, yeah. And you know what? I don't care how much they protest. They're going to listen to a little Wu-Tang. Yeah. I, I don't care if they want serious pussy, if they want angry pussy. They're going to know what silly pussy is. They're going to know what, um, if you know what silly pussy is, you know what serious pussy is too, because there's no light without darkness. The yin and yang of pussies. And in all of the serious pussy, we're a little silly. In all of the silly pussy, we're a little serious. You know, but kind of getting back to the uh, pregnant wolf people, gold, God babies who know what silly pussy is because they listen to Wu-Tang. Did you know that comedian Tommy Chong was in prison for nine months during the Bush administration for selling bongs over the internet? I didn't even know that you could sell bongs over the internet during the Bush administration. Well, you see, you can get around it by saying that you're they're tobacco pipes or they're water pipes because technically you can use them for other purposes. However, what because there there was a documentary that I watched just this morning about it, and what happened was they shipped a large container of bongs to pennsylvania but it was illegal to buy or sell that type of paraphernalia in pennsylvania during this time and so they send it to pennsylvania and they get raided and mr chong was sentenced to nine months all for knowing what silly pussy was he got a little too god baby he got a little too pregnant he got a little he got a little too god baby and he got a little too pregnant he, he got a little he too damn. pregnant with that god baby that's right that's right it wasn't over been... It was because he was given. He was pregnant with a god baby. Was he also a god baby, or was he just the pregnant yeah, wolf god, man? Yeah, he was creating with... himself. He was creating a mini me. He was a god baby, but he was also pregnant. He was giving birth to a god baby that looks exactly like. And that's wow. the way it should be. Everybody should be giving birth to themselves. I think you should be able to become pregnant on your own. You think so? You think you should be you're like it should be allowed? Like like, like it's currently not allowed. Fingers. I just snap my fingers and baby starts growing. I agree. I agree. But it's I like it's random. Time. So I don't get to really choose what my baby is. It just it's something's in there. And then, I think it's a good way to sort out people who never learned how to snap. Yeah. People who don't know how to snap fucking die. They don't get to be space babies. They don't get to be Wu Tang. They don't get to be pregnant wolf silly pussy. All because they can't snap. That sounds a little fascist to me. I don't care. Are you saying you're a fascist? If it means that I get to withhold people from becoming Wu-Tang, silly, pussy, pregnant, wolf, people, space, god babies, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now I know I'm talking to a fucking fascist. My god. <laughs> fucking bootlicker. Fucking bootlicker. Fucking, fucking god baby, pregnant, wolf girl. <laughs> fucking fascist. <laughs> that's, my, that's my least favorite type of fascist, like the pregnant wolf girl ones. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. I, I could not have put it more concisely. See, I've never thought about it like that when you say it like that. Those really are the worst kind of fascists I can imagine. God damn it. <laughs> Get me worked up over this. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about like a pregnant wolf girl or like a Nazi armband. I just get emotional. <laughs> Damn. Hugo Boss designing uniforms for pregnant wolf girls. I can just imagine them modeling that. Like, can, I, you I see imagine, the big... can you imagine like an original Volkswagen that is ergonomically designed for god baby heads to to ride in but yeah it's, like, it's really it's, it's really like, big at the top so the so the heads like fit like the nazis designed the first ghetto blaster so they can listen to wu-tang <laughs> all of this the, all of this whole thing was like a like a dark ss secret that made its way to the u.s after paperclip was wu-tang clan silly pussy god baby head pregnant wolf girl See, it was, all, it was all part of Operation Paperclip and was all refined by NASA. The NASA's are in control of the pregnant wolf people, and they're <laughs> going to unleash it upon us during Project Bluebeam. Um, Serge Manasse got yeah, while, we're all, while we're all looking at like holographic Jesus, we get kidnapped by pregnant As we see, by, by wolf Jesus, women. As he morphs with all the other deities and prophets, and they become one person. It's a pregnant wolf girl god baby. Yep, that sounds... And the first thing he says out of his mouth, check this shit out, and he just starts playing Wu-Tang. Everyone in the world suddenly learns about the 36 Chambers, and then we actually all do become space god babies, as we promised. Yeah. Yep, it's all... I'm glad we all... We put it all together. I think the UN needs... The, the UN needs to get their act together because I just exposed their entire plans on the live well, you know podcast. What the, you know what the letters stand for in UN, right? Uh, no. Stands for Wu Tang in, in an ancient in, a, in an ancient tongue that none of us speak anymore. Oh man, no! Got me fucked up yep. with that. You got me fucked That's up right. with that. The Wu Tang are actually an ancient like Sumerian demon. And now we're there. just switching it because I've I've shown to you that the Wu Tang and the God Baby Pregnant Wolf people with the silly pussy they're godly. Okay, so <laughs> I don't godly. want you coming here with this foolishness. Being like, there's a Numerian demon man. Sorry, you I forgot, I forgot that they were. I forgot that they had undergone apotheosis and were in union with God. They're a biblically accurate angel, the Wu Tang. Pregnant, pregnant Wu Tang Wolf Silly Pussy is biblically I think, accurate. I yeah, uh, I think um, you know, every instance of a person supposedly being visited by an angel was actually a pregnant wolf girl wolf. I can't even say it anymore. You know what? Uh, what would what would like what would a pregnant wolf girl what would a pregnant wolf girl baby head silly pussy's favorite movie be? Uh, if if I was a pregnant wolf girl God baby. Silly Pussy, Wu-Tang. What would my favorite film be? It would probably be something starring Seth Rogen. Because if I, if I was a pregnant Zach and Mary make a porno. Zach and Mary make a porno. No, 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 no. Zach and Mary make a porno is not allowed in the kingdom of God. Okay. Too, ma- too much sex now. I need something I need something wholesome and family-friendly. That's a Seth Rogen film. Um, um, I think... 
I don't know if he's been. Uh, well, hold on. Actually, he's voice. Oh, Monsters versus Aliens. Monsters versus Aliens. You coming up here with that obscure shit? That <laughs> I don't know. If that's stuff? <laughs> like, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I don't watch Lars von Trier over here. You saying Monsters versus Aliens? <laughs> yep, yep. That movie was actually directed by uh, Yukio Mishima. <laughs> The original Monsters vs. Aliens was a pro- prolific Japanese movie akin to Godzilla being about nuclear danger. Um, Monsters vs. Aliens was originally about um, communist insurrection. They should make Monsters vs. Aliens, but Monsters and Aliens versus Pregnant Wolf People. Versus Alien versus Predator from the Alien vs. Predator universe. They, they should all fight make each other. Aliens versus Pregnancy. <laughs> Like, monsters. like the, the aliens, the Monst- aliens are monster going, pregnancy, monster pregnancy versus aliens. The aliens are just going around like forcibly aborting pregnant, any anything pregnant that's not a wolf girl. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, if you're not a wolf girl, the aliens are going to come. They're going to forcibly abort you. Um, it's going to be funded by the U.S. government, and you're going to like it. I would. You know what? I would like it. I think I'm not. A, I'm I not. A, I'm like not. It. That's because I'm like like we've established. Um, I'm a fascist. And um, I would love it if the government came around and did a little more. At least the and, trains came on time. Yeah, at least you know, yeah, sure. by pregnant wolf people. That's that's right. Pregnant wolf people with silly pussy. Yeah, I love I love that. Let's see. Uh, oh, for all, we're talking about movies. I forgot about that. Holy shit! You know, do you know how long we've been talking about pregnant wolf pussy god baby head Wu Tang? For, I think it was like, what forty minutes. It, it's been it's it's been like twenty minutes. Yeah, we've been talking about it for twenty minutes now. Well, that's good. We start, we started recording this episode um probably an hour and a half ago. It's been an hour and a half. That's I think. cool. That's really neat. Uh, what would you say your top five favorite movies are? Okay, I got that shit lined up. We got Drive, starring Ryan Gosling. It's technically <laughs> not a film. It's technically not a film. But it can count as one if you think about it too much. Lane, serial experiments, lame. We love that shit. <laughs> August Underground's Mortem, as I have very strong positive opinions about that fucking film, and The Beach Bum with Mikey Matthew McConaughey. Okay, that's just that's all there is to it. I think that was three movies. Okay, well, if we're excusing Lane, then I might have to I might have to look because I usually have like a top four, top three lined up, and then when it comes to like top five, I'm in the dark. Yeah. Give us, give us one. Give us the first one that pops into your head. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. All right, respect for me. It's got to be um, Tenet, The Dark Knight, Blue uh, Blue Velvet, End of Evangelion, and Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> Good choices. Good choices all around. I was for a I second. Think- I was like, oh, that's that's film bro core, but I like those two. Uh, Tenet is probably far and above all of the other movies. Except for Andrew even getting Christopher uh, Nolan actually, made Tenet, right? Yes. And that's that's you said it's better than The Dark Knight. Easily. That's interesting because I have not seen uh, Tenet, but I've seen The dude, Dark Knight, and I do not think you, got, you can top it. You gotta fucking watch Tenet. Time runs out. Tenet fucking rules. Armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage and a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. 
Yeah, that movie, that that description does very little to actually describe what makes the movie interesting. Um, in the movie, um, there's a device that can reverse the entropy of objects and people so that, um, like, objects and people can travel backwards in time or forwards in time, depending on your perspective. And then how antagonists and protagonists are using that to outwit each other chronologically. It's awesome. Now, this is different from the plot of Inception, which is more based in people invading others' dreams. Yes. Okay, that because follows... I haven't seen either. I just want to clarify. Inception follows a very um, linear timeline chronologically, like straightforward. It's like boom, 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 boom. The only funky time thing in that movie is the more dream layers they're under, the slower time moves in that dream, uh, in theory. Just because it's under so many different layers of like weird subconscious physics, um, but Tenet is Tenet is a movie that you kind of you're like, oh, okay, that was all right the first time you watch it, and then the second time you watch it, you're projecting that first watch onto it, knowing everything that's going to happen, and everything starts to kind of come together a little bit. That's how I am with uh, the Human Centipede too. I have not seen The Human Centipede 2. I'm sorry. You should you should take a lot of mushrooms and watch The Human Centipede 2. That sounds like the worst idea I've I've ever No, heard. I want you to turn like you turn all of your lights off. You turn the volume up really loud and you'll have the best experience of your life. You know what movie fucked me up when I was like stone cold sober? Pregnant Wolf Girl Invades the Silly Pussy? No, it was the 2018 Gaspar No Movie Climax. Now, understandable, because I watched it sober, but if I was on substance, I know that that film would kill me. Yeah, that was like a, before that, maybe the most like emotionally fucked up I've ever been by a movie was when I watched like Come and See, because that movie was like really, really hard. That was a really, really heartbreaking movie to watch. Um, Well, it is. Yeah, it was uh, a sad film. I think for, for me, what sold it emotionally was not just like the tragedy obviously i've seen tragedy in movies it's like a really common theme to see horrific things happen in a movie it was the like facial expressions of the protagonist it was like oh yeah he had some genuine distraught in his face he was a like so talented oh yeah definitely i i think that come and see is pro in my view the best war film i've ever seen um yeah that tried to learn more about the director Elam Kalimov. I was trying to make sure I pronounce his name right. I, I'm I'm interested in the process behind making this film because there were reports that the person who played Flora, that's how you pronounce his name, um, was actually was like hypnotized before the shoot to ensure that his reactions were as genuine as they possibly could. I mean, honestly, it looked fucking genuine. He looked like he was actually watching that barn burn. Also, oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not apologizing for spoilers for this ep- for anything in this episode because like every movie we've talked about is at least six years old. If, if you, you haven't watched Come and See, turn this podcast off now and go to bed. Yeah, why are you even t- listening to it? It's past why your you... bedtime. It's you're you're too young to be listening to this. Why yeah, why are you listening to the podcast film episode if you don't know anything about film and then getting mad when there's spoilers? Get real. Um anyway. Other like like come and see is probably my favorite war film from the perspective of someone who like should not be involved in war being in war. But then I have to make a distinction for like um full metal jacket. That's like someone who's 
voluntarily in war, experiencing war for the first time. And that just kind of has a different vibe that I think comes across much differently that I like a lot. I think that in both cases, I think each respective film encapsulates a lot of what was happening to people at that time. So, yeah. So Full Metal Jacket, a lot of the men that are in the military were just like that. They were yeah. a bit inexperienced, but at the same time, they were curious and they had a desire for adventure. And then in a film yeah, like, like this, where you have, they had a fucked up enthusiasm for like genociding an entire country. But yeah, then you have a juxtaposition such as Come and See, which focuses very heavily on the tragedy that comes with war and what makes it so not appealing, but such a memorable film is how it's shot. Um, I'm I'm honestly surprised that this film wasn't talked about in my cinema class, especially when talking about the importance of cinematography. Um, That's because that that the te- call go in there and call the teacher a sued. I might. He's a nice guy. I don't I don't want to shit talk him, but I go in there and honestly, I because here's the thing: I don't want to be the most pretentious guy in the room when I'm in there. Um, because I, you know, I don't I don't like being like that, but. Sometimes I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, I can't like I can't talk with some of these people about film because a lot of them just haven't seen that many things. Yeah. Like if I show them come and see, they'll understand it's a good war film, but I can't get into the details with them. But like it's okay. Not everyone has to be that well versed in it. But you know. Yeah, uh the maybe the hardest part about showing people movies is knowing that it might just not click with them, even if they're like yeah. intelligent people. Yeah, that's what I mean when I said very early on in the podcast that I consider myself a film optimist. I don't I don't even know if I'm the first person to ever call themselves that, but it, it's just I always try to find something memorable from each of my watch, even horrid things. But yeah, a lot of people do not have that same mentality. And people I know, people I follow online, and maybe if I can rant for a second, because there's Go people ahead. I see on Letterboxd who give half the films they watch really negative reviews and then when they write the reviews they're scathing and i and i think to myself you've watched how many like six thousand films and almost half of those are things you hated think think about that for a second you spent how many hours of your life like voluntarily watching something that you despise yes like there was not an ounce of ability to find something good in each film you legitimately spent your time watching something that you did not like in any capacity. Um, and I think those people are stupid and they should put in a camp um, and turned into pregnant wolf people that can no, support the We shouldn't turn them into pregnant wolf people because that's like a that's like a love and respect thing. They should be like ugly pregnant wolf people. You know? I don't think they should be pregnant at all. They can be, become pregnant people. How about let's, let's take the wolf part out of it. That's like, the, that's like, that's like the highlight being the, the wolf person being a wolf but then the, the extra cool part is you get to be pregnant but in this regard they are just themselves and oftentimes if you're a person on letterbox who's dedicated countless thousands of hours to watching bad films that you hated you should be your same ugly self but you're pregnant i think you should be like you should suffer all of the symptoms of like maximum pregnancy um you but, should like, just have never... labor pains for the rest of your life yeah. yeah they should get they should always they should be having like contractions 
and but never but there's actually no baby in there there's like something kicking like they get the kick pains and they get like the labor contractions but like nothing ever comes out it's like being constipated but with a baby i think if they ever like created a, a version of the nerve net or the nerve gear from sword Art online where i could fully immerse myself into a scenario it would be that scenario you would want to be trapped in that scenario forever i would love to you would love, you to, would be love pregnant to use forever. the latest innovations in VR technology to s- become pregnant. <laughs> I just feel it. I think that there's like tools that you don't need to like permanently trap yourself inside of that can simulate. I like, want to be permanently trapped in the pregnant simulator. <laughs> my my family doesn't know what I'm actually doing in there. All they know is just I'm this basic corpse. And so they keep me alive for however long they can, and they just don't know them in a pregnancy simulator. <laughs> like, all my other friends are hanging out in Sword Art Online. I'm in Pregnancy Simulator 2032. Yeah, someone checks, like, your... Someone checks your Steam hours, and it's like, wow, you have 400,000 hours in Pregnancy Simulator, and you're still playing it. You've been, you've been playing it for, like, a year. Straight. Yeah, that's just how it is sometimes. That's uh, that's brutal. You probably get used to it and you start to like it after a while. I don't, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about liking it after a while. There's probably a special place like in hell where it's just pregnancy simulations. You think so? I should, I should lie and say that I had near-death experience and that I went to hell. So I get interviewed by a bunch of Christian TV shows. They say, yeah, they have a part of hell where you just have to be pregnant forever. (laughs) (laughs) And they can't can't debate me about it because I was the one who claims to be there. That's right. (laughs) They haven't been there. So, so yeah, you know, there's this there's this chamber in hell and there's a bunch of demons and they like if they tap you, your belly expands and you just are constantly in labor. And so this is this is the section of hell where demons are indulging some sort of like impreg inflation fetish. Yeah. So if you're a demon, you basically just get to live out all your fet- weird fetishes. That is that's really something special. Um, I it's been about two hours now. I think I'm going to wrap it up. Do you have any closing remarks that you'd like to share with with our audiences? Um, you know, Wu-Tang is cool. Um. You know, I, I don't deport pregnancy as a form of torture. We've been goofing off a lot about that, but I just wanted to say I don't support it. Um, you know, keep keep living in the free world. You know, keep clapping those those silly pussy cheeks. You know, God is good. And I don't know. Smoke weed. All right. Um uh, my closing message, um, go shop at Odysian Supply Co. Use the promo code Normifrenia. Go subscribe to the Patreon. Go subscribe to that silly pussy. Uh, go follow Hauntology, fan, Hauntology underscore fan on um, Instagram. I've never seen his face, but he has real handsome looking hair. Um, and he's obviously so funny. Uh, probably one of the, like, This is probably the funniest episode to me that we've ever made. Um, I'm so fucking humbled by that. You think so? Yeah. I think that, like, we have not said anything funnier on this show than when you said, I want to be permanently trapped in the pregnancy simulator. (laughs) I'm glad you found so much enjoyment in that. 
Would you uh, would you like to come back on the show at some point? Oh hell yeah! I mean, you don't have to answer, you don't have to answer that on the air, but uh, oh okay. oh no, hell, I'll, I'll yeah. come back every day. We're gonna be chatting every afterwards. Day. They're coming over to my house, and we're gonna. I'll come over to your house. Yeah, actually, yeah, come over to my house right now. I live in Brooklyn, New York, six fifty two Silly Pussy Lane. <laughs> okay, uh, on my way. The Google Maps already had that a- address auto filled. I I'm thought I typed you. in I typed in Hauntology fan address Instagram. But anyway, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Please um go support our guest. Please support us um with money. Um we love paying bills. Um okay, bye-bye.